We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. of the Al Galdi podcast. It is Friday, April 14th, 2023. It was in 1932 that a team in the National Football League called the Boston Braves was founded. Uh, That team the next year changed its name to the Boston Redskins. Uh, That team then moved to the Washington, D.C. area in 1937 and has been in the D.C. area ever since. There, over the years, have been many great achievements by the team and by players on the team, Uh, but there, over the last 24 years, haven't been nearly enough great achievements. Uh, Instead, there, over the last 24 years, have been way too many losses and way too much dysfunction, and way too much controversy, and way too many scandals, and way too many investigations. We have seen the fan base of the team be lessened drastically. Uh, We have seen the team become a punchline. We have seen the fall of our team. A team that I love. A team that I know so many of you love. But the man who has owned the team over these last 24 years, the man who bears more responsibility for the fall of the team than anyone, Daniel M. Snyder, he is about to own the team no more. As we on Thursday afternoon had multiple reports that he has reached an agreement to sell the team 
to a group led by one Josh Harris. Josh Harris. His initials, of course, are J.H. And so what I'd like to do right now is let another man with the initials J.H. do his thing. Maybe the single greatest guitar player ever. Jimi Hendrix. Jimi, wherever you are right now, wherever you may be, Right now, sing to him, Daddy. We are in celebration mode on this most historic installment of the Al Galdi podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 550, a nice round number for this truly special show. The sale of the commanders. It is not done. It is not final, but an agreement has been reached. Dan Snyder and Josh Harris reportedly have reached an agreement for Harris to buy the team for $6.05 billion. The reports do say that the agreement is not exclusive and has not been signed. So in theory, another bidder still could buy the commanders. Like I said, the sale is not done. Remember, uh, the sale still would need to be approved by NFL owners. But make no mistake, Thursday was a gigantic day in Washington, D.C. sports history. One of the biggest, most desired things in D.C. sports history is happening. Dan Snyder is selling the commanders. We no longer have to wonder and ponder whether Dan might sell only a minority portion of the team or might not sell any of the team. No, no! The sale is moving forward, and it certainly appears set to be to Josh Harris, who currently is the managing partner for two other pro sports teams, the NBA's Philadelphia 76ers and the NHL's New Jersey Devils. I, on Thursday, was in the car for 10 hours uh, with my wife and our two kids driving back from South Carolina, where her parents live. I had a two-year-old daughter who was crying and screaming for at least half the trip, maybe more. Uh, The traffic, once we got past the mixing bowl on the Beltway in Virginia, was horrendous. I know, shocker. But it was while driving that I found out about this agreement on the sale. So while fighting the good fight of a brutal (laughs) 10-hour drive, sitting in horrendous Washington, D.C. area traffic with a screaming two-year-old, the glorious news, the most glorious news was bestowed upon me. It was as if the football gods tried to lift me up in a rather (laughs) difficult situation. But that's where I was, and that's how I found out about the news. It is great to be with you 
for this installment of the Al Galdi podcast, the only Washington, D.C. area sports podcast or show for which there is a new episode each weekday, Monday through Friday, with each episode out oh so early each weekday morning. Coming up next segment, in-depth reaction to the agreement for the sale. There is a lot (laughs) that crosses your mind with something like this. And then I'm going to welcome a special guest, Barry's Verluga, columnist for the Washington Post. He wrote a very good column about the sale. And Barry's always good at the big picture stuff. And that's really what a show like this one calls for. Big picture thoughts, big picture conversation. We will have plenty of time to work through the details of the sale and what exactly is happening and when. But this show, this moment is all about the celebration and the bigger picture. We have made it. We have survived. We have outlasted the Danny. Uh, Also on the show, the end of the capital season, which interestingly enough, ended with a loss to Josh Harris's New Jersey Devils, uh, a 5-4 overtime loss at Capital Win Arena on Thursday night in a game in which the Caps blew a 3-0 first period lead and a 4-1 second period lead and once again got eviscerated in the puck possession battle. But listen, uh, if you're a Caps fan, and I am, uh, I'm fine with the Caps losing that game. Eighth best odds in the 2023 NHL Draft Lottery. That's what matters at this point. But what about Thursday night's game? Was it the final game for Peter Laviolette as Caps head coach? And I will talk Orioles. Uh, They on Thursday afternoon, like the Caps on Thursday night, blew a big lead, but the O's did win. Uh, An 8-7 walk-off win over the Oakland A's at Oriole Park at Camden Yards in a game in which the O's blew a 7-4 third inning lead. O's catcher Adley Rutschman, or should I say Adley Clutchman, uh, a leadoff walk-off homer in the bottom of the ninth. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. I want to hear from you. Uh, and I already have received lots of feedback on an agreement for the sale of the commanders having been reached. Tweet from Mohammed Mansour, writes Mohammed, where is the pod party? <laughs> Thank you for the tweet, Mohammed. Excellent question, my friend. Uh, tweet from Rob Bailey, writes Rob, Al, you need to play some of your slain in the spirit religious bits on your pod about the sale. I remember these bits from your Team 980 days. I remember one bit about believing the skins could make it into the playoffs. It was a revival skit. Funny stuff. Let's celebrate now. Uh, Thank you for the tweet, Rob. Yes, uh, actually, uh, I used to do what I called Redskins revivals. And uh, at one point, my good friend, Chris Cooley, the former Skins tight end, that Chris Cooley, uh, he even took part in one of my Redskins revivals. Here you go. Feel the spirit. <laughs> yes, that's it, Chris, right there. Feel the spirit. We are feeling the spirit on this show. The sale of this team is like a religious revival. A tweet from Jim D writes, Jim, free at last, Goldie. Free at last. Thank you for the tweet, Jim. Email from Kevin writes, Kevin, Al, the day is here. The best day in my history as a Skins fan. The day where Dan Snyder finally doesn't own my favorite team. Don't let the door hit you on the way out, Danny boy. I am jacked up beyond belief. Cannot wait for the celebration on the show. Thank you for the email, Kevin. Well, here we are. The show is here. We as fans of this team over the last 24 years, since Dan Snyder bought the team in May 1999, have had so few days of true joy. 
This day, my friends, is a day of true joy. So enjoy it. We have earned it. And of course, one of the reasons that there is this joy is the hope, the excitement for the future. A future for our football team that hopefully is very bright. Perhaps so bright that we need shades. Ah, (laughs) and no shades would be better than Shady Rays, sunglasses, of course, right? And Shady Rays, for listeners of this podcast, is offering a great deal. Call it the Commander Sale Special, uh, 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses at ShadyRays.com. Go to ShadyRays.com and use the promo code ALGALDI. Shady Rays sunglasses, they look good, they feel good. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's affordable and durable with clear optics for whatever you're doing outside. And Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements, meaning that if you lose or break your pair of sunglasses, even on day one, Shady Rays will send you a brand new pair of sunglasses. No questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because Shady Rays has your back long after your purchase. Here's a special offer for listeners of the Al Galdi podcast. Go to ShadyRays.com and use the code Al Galdi for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Yeah, 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. If you don't love them, you can exchange them for sunglasses that you do love, or you can return your sunglasses for a full refund Within 30 days, there's no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. Shady Rays always has your back. Go to ShadyRays.com and use the code ALGALDI for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. If you have been thinking about getting new sunglasses, now is the time. And Shady Rays is the way. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 200,000 people. That's ShadyRays.com and use the code ALGALDI for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Also, Shady Rays has done some great work, has donated over 20 million meals to fight hunger with Feeding America. Shady Rays, look good and feel good. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, it was on February 26th, 2021, that ESPN NFL insider Adam Schefter appeared on the Michael K. Show on ESPN New York and 
said regarding Dan Snyder potentially selling what was then known as the Washington football team, quote, he's got no plans and no intent to sell that franchise ever, end quote. And indeed, the word for years was that Dan Snyder would never sell the NFL team that he bought as the Redskins and then became the Washington football team and then became the commanders. But, (laughs) you know, never is a funny word. Dan Snyder in May 2013 famously told USA Today Sports, quote, we'll never change the name. It's that simple. Never. You can use caps, end quote. And of course, Dan ultimately did change the name of the team. Now, there was a lot that went into the name change, but still, Dan ultimately did change the name of the team. Uh, The name of the team would never change, and yet the name of the team did change. Dan Snyder would never sell the team, and yet he is selling the team, and he now has an agreement to sell the team. Never is a funny word. Uh, It was on Wednesday afternoon that we had multiple reports that Amazon founder Jeff Bezos was not bidding on the commanders. Uh, That reveal was a big-time domino that fell, and it's no coincidence that we, the very next day, Thursday afternoon, had multiple reports that Dan Snyder has reached an agreement with the group being led by Philadelphia 76ers managing partner and New Jersey Devils managing partner Josh Harris for it to purchase the Commanders for $6.05 billion. An agreement on the sale of the team has been reached. Uh, Now, the reports did say that the agreement is not exclusive and has not yet been signed. So in theory, another bidder still could buy the commanders. So in theory, Jeff Bezos still could swoop in and buy the team or say Canadian billionaire Steve Apostolopoulos could swoop in and buy the team. And sure enough, Adam Schefter on Thursday afternoon did tweet, quote, Canadian billionaire Steve Apostolopoulos and his family are still in the mix for the commanders, with one source telling ESPN that it's a head-to-head race, it's anyone's game, end quote. Uh, Now, it would seem that that source came from either the Apostolopoulos camp or the Dan Snyder camp. But look, until a deal for a sale is signed and executed, nothing is 100% certain, okay? But The idea here is that Josh Harris is buying the Commanders. And I can tell you this, I received a text message from someone in the know uh, on Wednesday afternoon prior to the Jeff Bezos news breaking and the day before the news of this agreement with Josh Harris broke on Thursday afternoon. And the text message told me that Bezos was out and that Harris was getting the team. So yeah, Josh Harris is buying the team. It's okay to believe. It's okay to say it out loud. Dan Snyder is selling the commanders to Josh Harris. Uh, There, of course, is so much to all of this. Uh, There, of course, is so much to be thinking about with all of this. You start with the obvious. Dan Snyder has been horrendous as owner of the team. There is no disputing that. There is no debating that. He bought the team in May 1999. The team over his 24 years of ownership has won two playoff games, has had countless controversies and scandals and investigations, and has seen a fan base that was among the best in all of sports, never mind the NFL, in all of sports erode to the point that the team's attendance at home games has become embarrassing and the team's local television ratings have fallen dramatically. It is true that Dan Snyder in May 
1999, bought the skins for $800 million. And he now has an agreement to sell the team for $6.05 billion. A massive increase in value, clearly. But it's also true that that increase in value is much more about the rise in popularity of and the rise in revenue for the NFL and the rise in population of and the rise in money in the Washington, D.C. market. Uh, then the increase in value of the team is about anything that Dan Snyder did as owner of the team. Do not get conned into thinking that the rise in value of the team is somehow a reflection of Dan or that, hey, he's making a killing with the sale. So he obviously did something right. I mean, what he did right was buy an NFL team in 1999. Okay. I mean, that's what he did right. But no, the rise in value of the team is a reflection of the NFL, specifically its national television contracts, and the rise in value of the team is a reflection of the Washington, D.C. market. And so that it is that the ownership tenure of Dan Snyder, a tenure that has been filled with so much negative stuff, is ending. And is ending when we all thought that it would not be ending for a very long time, quite possibly until his time on this earth was no more, man, that is something, okay? I mean, it was only five and a half months ago that we learned that the commanders were for sale. The commanders on Wednesday morning, November 2nd, 2022, put out a statement confirming a report from Forbes earlier that morning that the team's co-owners and co-CEOs, Dan and Tanya Snyder, were exploring a sale of the team. Read the statement, quote, Dan and Tanya Snyder and the Washington Commanders announced today that they have hired B of A Securities to consider potential transactions. The Snyders remain committed to the team, all of its employees, and its countless fans to putting the best product on the field and continuing the work to set the gold standard for workplaces in the NFL, end quote. Ah, yes, the gold standard for workplaces in the NFL. I can't tell you how much I am not going to miss having to talk about statements from the team and statements from other people about all of the team's various controversies and scandals and investigations. I can't tell you how much I am not going to miss all of the controversies and scandals and investigations. How sick are all of us of all of that? And that brings me to this. (laughs) What a last three years that we have had. Man, think about these last three years. It was in July 2020 that we had the eruption of three massive controversies slash scandals with the team. The name change, the ownership turmoil, and the workplace misconduct scandal. And it turned out, as I suspected, and as I'm sure many of you did too, that all three of those things were related. But starting in July 2020, up until now, April 2023, think about all that has happened with the team. And there were those in July 2020 who wondered if we were seeing the beginning of the end of Dan Snyder as owner of the team. But, you know, even then, him being ousted as owner of the team, let alone voluntarily selling the team, seemed so far-fetched. And then we had what we had in April 2021, the finalizing of Dan buying out his disgruntled minority partners, Robert Rothman, Dwight Shaw, and Fred Smith at a, remember, discounted price of $875 million and with help from the NFL, which granted a $450 million debt waiver for which the NFL's finance committee 
had made a special exemption. And then we had what we had in July 2021, Dan, surviving the Beth Wilkinson investigation to where the team paid a fine and Dan stepped away for a while, but also no written report. We got a summary, but no written report with specific findings of the investigation. So for a while, Dan was winning. He wasn't just surviving all of the controversies slash scandals. He was winning. But things changed. October 2021, the leaked emails of Bruce Allen from Bruce's time as a Skins executive. Uh, Those leaked emails reignited the workplace misconduct scandal to where Congress got involved. No matter what you think about Congress's involvement, Congress got involved. And don't forget, there remains widespread belief that Dan Snyder or Team Danny leaked the Bruce Allen emails in an attempt to exact revenge on Bruce. Uh, But those leaked emails resurrected a scandal that had been dead. And then we got the financial scandal. And then we got two major reports by ESPN, one last October, one this past February. And we had emerging through all of this an apparent cash flow problem for Dan Snyder that may ultimately be why he is selling the team. You know, the irony of the sale is that it may well have little, if anything, to do with the scandals and investigations. He may well be selling the team simply because of a cash flow problem that has landed him in hot water with this financial scandal and makes him paying back the money that he was loaned to buy out his now former minority partners difficult. Uh, When it comes to Josh Harris and this ownership group that he has that includes area billionaire Mitchell Rails and NBA legend Magic Johnson. No doubt, there is a lot that we don't know, okay? And maybe this group won't be good as an NFL ownership group. There are no guarantees. But here's something in which we should all feel confident. (laughs) It would be pretty freaking hard for the team's next ownership to be as bad as the current ownership. The bar is low, really low. It won't take much for Josh Harris to be a better owner of the team than Dan Snyder has been. But of course, it's not about just being better than Dan. It's about being great. It's about winning Super Bowls. It's about getting this franchise back to where it was from 1982 through 1992. And that is so long ago now at this point, right? But never forget 1982 through 1992, an 11-season stretch in which the Skins won four NFC championships and three Super Bowls, and were perennial playoff contenders, and had the Washington, D.C. area on fire for the team. It is time for the ineptitude to be replaced by intellect. It is time for the dysfunction to be replaced by excellence. I am a lifelong resident of the Washington, D.C. area. Uh, I became a sports fan in 1987 when I was seven. Uh, My first year as a sports fan was the Skins' second Super Bowl championship season. I will always be a fan of the team. I will never not be a fan of the team. And so I, like so many of you, am thrilled to say that Dan Snyder has an agreement in place to sell the team. I still can't believe that I'm saying those words, but I am. And they are true words. Dan Snyder has an agreement in place to sell the team. The dream the once unthinkable, is becoming reality. Also a reality. Uh, The great work 
of the law firm of Paulson and Nace. If you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace. Paulson and Nace is dedicated to promoting the rights of seriously injured persons and their families. You can call Paulson and Nace at 202-902-7611. And when you call, make sure that you tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. Paulson and Nace handles medical malpractice, personal injury, birth injury, legal malpractice, and consumer protection cases offering aggressive advocacy for victims in Washington, D.C. and West Virginia. Paulson and Nace is widely respected throughout Washington, D.C. and West Virginia for the firm's accomplishments both in and out of courtrooms. Chris Nace and Matt Nace are dedicated trial attorneys who do not balk in the face of large insurance companies or well-known businesses that have had practices or products that are directly related to the root of your harm. Paulson and Nace does not accept low settlement offers that benefit the people who cause clients harm more than the offers benefit the clients. And this is because Paulson and Nace is not afraid to take a case to trial. And that's because Paulson and Nace wins trials. Paulson and Nace has secured millions of dollars in verdict and settlement amounts for clients to better enable them to care for themselves and their families. If you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace. If you feel that you've been wronged, if you think that you've been wronged but aren't sure, call Paulson and Nace and schedule a no-obligation appointment. Yeah, you're obligated to nothing. Call Paulson and Nace at 202-902-7611. That's 202-902-7611. And when you call, make sure that you tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. Schedule a no-obligation appointment by calling 202-902-7611. You can also visit PaulsonandNace.com. That's PaulsonandNace.com. Just make sure that you tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. Paulson and Nace, if you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace. Well, a big help is if you subscribe to rate and review the podcast. You can subscribe to the podcast via most platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Uh, a subscription to the pod costs you nothing and make sure that you never miss an episode. Uh, you want Apple Podcasts and on Spotify can rate the podcast. Five-star ratings are very much appreciated. And you want Apple Podcasts can write a review saying that you like the podcast, the review can be just a sentence or two, can be more, but doesn't have to be. But uh, thank you very much for subscribing, rating, and reviewing. An agreement for Commander's co-owner and co-CEO Dan Snyder to sell the team to the group being led by Philadelphia 76ers managing partner and New Jersey Devils managing partner Josh Harris is in place. We on Thursday afternoon had multiple reports of this development. Uh, The reports did also say that the agreement is not exclusive and has not yet been signed, meaning that in theory, another bidder still could buy the Commanders. But as things stand right now, Dan Snyder is set to sell the Commanders to Josh Harris with a sell price of $6.05 billion. For years, my next guest, when it comes to our football team, has banged a drum of two beats, owner and quarterback. Uh, Well, the drumbeat of owner now finally is changing. I'm very pleased to welcome back to the Al Galdi podcast. Barry's Verluga, columnist for the Washington Post. Uh, his latest column is available at WashingtonPost.com. Headline, Josh Harris's biggest strength, he isn't Dan Snyder. <laughs> well put. Uh, you can follow Barry on Twitter at Barry's Verluga. Uh, hey, Barry, how are you? Great, Al. Thanks for having me. 
it really is amazing that we're at this point, given that six months ago, the notion of Dan Snyder selling the Commanders seemed so far-fetched. But uh, we this past November 2nd got the announcement from the team uh, that uh, Dan was considering, quote, potential transactions, end quote, with the team. And now we have this agreement for the team to be sold to the Josh Harris group. If your today self went back and told your, say, October self, that Dan Snyder in April 2023 would have an agreement in place to sell the team. Uh, what would the Barry's Verluga of last October have thought about where we are now? Well, I think I would have thought, well, that means that Mary Jo White came off of the smoking gun and her, the owners were in position to either force him out or he was like um, Jerry Richardson in, in Charlotte and revelations were made and he felt like he had to sell because his, his reputation were in tatters. The fact that this happened, you know, I don't know if I'd want to say voluntarily because here's a guy who has been under investigation by attorneys general in the district in Virginia and Maryland twice by the NFL has been hauled in front of a congressional committee for, you know, the transgressions in the environment that he created at, at in Ashburn. Um, so it's not like, nothing happened to get him to this point but your, your point is correct if if there was no smoking gun dan snyder did this and um you told me six months ago hey he's going to sell um prior to the mary joe white um investigation being released and really with no new evidence um of any sort of malfeasance uh i would have said like what about his history tells you he's going to do that he he only moves when forced into a corner um and and honestly like the corner i expected him to have to be forced into was not reached before this sale was at least agreed to so when we years from now look back on this sale and the question of why comes up why dan snyder who supposedly was never going to sell the team ended up selling the team what will be the correct answer to the question of why so my half-baked, you know, theory informed by knowledge of the situation and not by direct reporting, if that makes sense. Like, not, I haven't had people tell me this, but just, you know, as we've all dissected this from the outside and the inside and knowing it so, so well, as so many fans do, as you do, etc. My suspicion is um, that it just became not only not fun, but actively painful to, to run this operation. His kids are grown. He doesn't have to be here in his hometown. And I go back to um, a scene at FedEx Field, I believe before the, the Green Bay game in October, where Tanya Snyder was appear- making a charitable appearance. Um, she does a lot of, uh, a lot of, work for breast cancer awareness, breast cancer fundraising. Um, and she was on the big screen at, at FedEx field doing something that is on the good side of the ledger. And, and she was booed and I'm not drawing an A to B direct line between that happening and Dan saying I'm selling, but I think there's a cumulative effect of we've lost the fan base to a point where it's, we probably could never, get it back. And if in fact we stumbled upon a way to win, it would always be framed in, well, they won 
despite Dan still being there. And whoever the coach was or the quarterback was who, who got them over the hump would get the credit because he was so damaged in the eyes of a fan base that once was really proud to root for the team and now kind of puffed its chest out and said, I'm never giving you any more money. I, I just think there might have been a cumulative effect of, man, this is not fun. And I got in it to win. It was my childhood team. And I'm never going to get the kind of accolades and adoration that I thought I would get if I if I brought another Super Bowl here. So um, it's a long-winded way of saying I, I think it had – my guess is it had to do with with family and people close to him and just the fact that running the thing was, was you know, if you could make $6 billion, why wouldn't you do it? What's incredible, too, is, yeah, the entirety of Dan Snyder's 24-year tenure as owner of the team – has been a saga. But how about just the last three years? Starting in July 2020 with the three controversies slash scandals exploding, the name change, the ownership turmoil, and the workplace misconduct scandal, which of course uh, your employer, the Washington Post, broke. Can you think of any other three-year stretch for any other sports team that comes close to what this team has had since July 2020? And if you you think about other kind of analogous ownership changes if there is such a thing like donald sterling with the la clippers um was forced out for saying racist things about um tenants in in uh buildings that he owned it was kind of a sing- i'm not standing up for him but it was like a singular instance he had been a bad owner on the court but there hadn't been kind of constant off the court churn jerry richards richardson with um, the panthers in, in carolina a similar thing like um you know misbehavior in the office toward workers unveiled and he and he's out it wasn't this kind of as you said you know a three-pronged change um total resistance and failure to see the future with the name i mean it's just if you go back to pre-pandemic pre um george floyd to 2018 or 2019 and said in 10 years, is this franchise still going to be named the Redskins? You, you need to be able to get out in front of that train and say, I have loyalty to the name, but this is that something's going to catch up to us here and we need to be out in front. He didn't see that. He was back to a new quarter. He had to, he had to change the name. If you go back to my, you know, again, half-baked theory about why it ultimately came to this, um, the ownership stuff that you mentioned has to be a factor. Um, he had minority partners um, that had been with him a long time, including, you know, powerful, powerful people. Fred Smith founded FedEx. I mean, the, you know, this is like people to have in your corner. He alienated them to the point of, you know, spying on them and all sorts of legal back and forth. <laughs> you know, it's like crazy that you could even see that. So then he's, He's on an island with ownership. You would think the fact that he had 100% ownership of the team would give him more power, but then he's financially compromised, right? I mean, he's um, he's over-leveraged. We don't really know the, the details of his finances, but it's clear, you know, he, he wasn't going to be able to, um, you know, put in the money for a new stadium that, that would have to come from his side, not that it would be 100% um, privately financed, but he's, he's compromised. Um, in that regard, and then you get to the workplace um, malfeasance, and, and just a, you know, I was a, a beat writer out there during some of that time, and 
in retrospect, you know, I, I can feel what was going on there. Just the, the vibe in the building um, was kind of gross. And I kind of flogged myself for not being sharper about recognizing it in the, in the moment and, and, you know, sniffing around it and saying, you feel uncomfortable. What is the environment like here? Uh, but it's clear that um, those women uh, who stepped forward and spoke to the Post in the summer of 2020 deserve an enormous amount of credit for being vulnerable, putting themselves out there, not in a vindictive way, but in a way that um, allowed people to understand what was going on, who was at fault, and who was in charge at that time. Um, just the fact that it took, you know, whatever I just took, 10 minutes to explain all of that. I think, Al, you answered the question, like, this has got to be unprecedented in its, its kind of three-pronged thoroughness. We are discussing the sale of the Commanders with Barry's Verluga columnist for the Washington Post. All right, moving forward. Uh, it is a new day. Josh Harris. Uh, as you make the point in the column, we may not know much about Josh Harris, but we do know that he isn't Dan Snyder. <laughs> uh, what are you thinking with Josh Harris? What are your expectations for him as Commander's owner? Well, I'm, I'm really interested to kind of dig in on that. And I think it's a little bit dangerous to say... Um, look, he, he's run the, uh, the 76ers this way. And some of that was, you know, the process and, and, um, you know, believing in that. And was that Josh Harris's, um, doing, um, they were really bad for a long time. They, I think they've been in the playoffs seven out of the last nine years. Obviously they haven't won the championship or played in, in the finals, but they have a, you know, a unbelievably great players and player in Joel Embiid. And they had the Ben Simmons fiasco, um, you look at the the Devils, who have been bad but are quite good this year. Probably not the cream of the Eastern Conference of the NHL, um, but you know, probably a third to Boston and, and Carolina. Um, I just think that when you look at got, uh, people who own multiple franchise, it's franchises. It's dangerous to say, well, they're going to be a success across all leagues or a failure across all leagues. Stan Kroenke owns. Um, the Avalanche and the Nuggets in in Denver, as well as the LA Rams, um, you know that the Avalanche has won a championship. The Nuggets haven't, um, although they have obviously a great player. Um, the Rams won one, but then collapsed. You know, it's just those dots. I think are are we can we should and uh, look at and talk to people who have worked for Josh Harris in the NHL and the NBA. But I'm not sure until he gets up and articulates, this is how I want to run an NFL franchise, that we should read too much into it. And, and I would just say that getting up and articulating and facing forward and addressing the fan base and saying and being forthcoming and forthright in how and why he's going to do things will be just such, I, I just assume he's going to do that because just doing that it's almost as if the words won't matter. The fact that he's speaking to people and not hiding behind things um, will be such a departure from certainly the last decade of, of, the, of the previous 24 years. Regarding the erosion of the fan base of the team, especially regarding attendance at home games, is the ownership change itself enough to bring fans back or is bringing fans back mostly just about the team being good again? Well, I mean, I think, we're guessing at this, but I have to believe the number of people who have written to me over the last, you know, 15 years or whatever, and said, I'm not another dime of my money is going to Dan Snyder. There's, there's some percentage of them who 
will believe in, okay, Josh Harris, you're not Dan Snyder. So I can invest, you know, what I always say, my, my time, my money and my emotions in, into your team because you haven't um, worn me down. Now, should we all tread cautiously? We don't know this guy. We, we have, um, you, you know, we can't just say it's going to be an unmitigated success because he is somebody different. Um, but I, I would say that the, the the unifying thing that you would hear from the fan base is I can't and don't and won't trust Snyder. There, there has to be, um, I, I would guess, a not insignificant percentage of those people who would say, he's out, great, I'm back in. Tell me what you're going to do. Last one for you. I personally do not hate the name Commanders, but I know that a lot of people do, uh, in no small part because they associate the name with Dan Snyder, should new ownership of the team mean another new name for the team? So I, you know, I almost think that Commanders is more associated with like Jason Wright and the current front office than it is with um, with Dan Snyder. And and maybe I'm off base there. I'm I'm in the minority of like I, I I'm fine with Commanders. I I think it offends no one. And and maybe you know I, I was absolutely pro name change and probably didn't care as much about where they landed. I mean, maybe I should have been more invested in that. Um, I, I think, you know, if Josh Harris can redo those marketing surveys and, and rebrand the team in a way that would generate more revenue for him, that could help, you know, whatever, pay a coaching staff, pay a, pay a, a roster, um, fund uh, whatever portion he'd have to chip in for a new stadium, then, then yeah, selling something new would be um, would be smart. I'm, I'm just not standing here with no. They should rename it to this, and this was the best path forward. I, I just don't have super duper strong feelings about that. Yeah, there is no perfect new name. Uh, that is a reality. But another reality is that uh, new ownership for the Commanders is coming. Barry's Verluga, columnist for the Washington Post. Great to have you on to talk about the big news. Uh, thanks a lot, and have a great weekend. Thanks, Al. Appreciate it. All right. New ownership for the Commanders is massive news. Uh, No podcast or show covers the Commanders like this podcast does. And so now is a great time to advertise on the podcast. We'd love to have you uh, advertising your business or practice on the pod. will grow your business or practice and make you more money. Uh, Podcast advertising is very affordable. Uh, You very much get a bang for your buck and podcast advertising works. Email us. See what we can do for you. The email address is the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. So it's interesting how things can work out. Uh, We on Thursday afternoon had the breaking news of multiple reports that New Jersey Devils managing partner Josh Harris had reached an agreement to buy the Washington Commanders. Then we on Thursday night had Josh Harris's Devils pull off a come-from-behind win at the Washington Capitals. Uh, Josh Harris owned teams in Washington on Thursday, literally and figuratively. Uh, The Caps concluded a 35-37-10 regular season with a 5-4 overtime loss to Josh Harris's Devils at Capital One Arena on Thursday night. Yeah, the Caps season is over. Uh, It is their first non-playoff season in nine seasons. Uh, The Caps in this regular season ended up going just 13-24-4 after their 
and six starts. Certainly, their sell-off prior to the March 3rd NHL trade deadline had something to do with the fade, but the Caps also just were not good enough. And now come a whole lot of questions. A principal among them, will head coach Peter Laviolette be brought back for a fourth season as Caps head coach? Uh, also should slash will the Caps trade center Evgeny Kuznetsov. But as a Caps fan, I'm actually glad that the Caps wilted down the stretch. If they weren't going to go to the Stanley Cup playoffs, then better to lose a lot in order to heighten uh, NHL draft lottery odds. And sure enough, the Caps have secured the eighth best odds in the 2023 NHL draft lottery. And while I don't know that the Caps tanked down the stretch, uh, they certainly did not play their best down the stretch. Uh, the Caps went just 2-8-3 and three over their last 13 regular season games. The Caps on Thursday night blew a 3-0 first period lead and a 4-1 second period lead. Uh, the Caps on Thursday night once again got demolished in the puck possession battle. The Caps per natural stat trick had just 40 five-on-five five shot attempts to the Devils' 70, including a mere eight five-on-five five high-danger shot attempts to the Devils' 20. Uh, Darcy Kemper was the Caps' starting goaltender. He stopped just 29 of the 34 shots on goal that he faced. Uh, winger Alex Ovechkin was back. He did return from a three-game absence caused by an upper body injury. He had a secondary assist, a team-high tying four shots on goal, and a team-high six total shot attempts. But the Caps remained without a number of key players due to injury. Uh, center Nick Dowd, winger TJ Oshie, uh, winger Anthony Mantha, defenseman Trevor Van Riemsdyk all remained out, uh, as did wingers Connor Brown and Carl Haglin. Uh, Haglin ended up not playing at all this season. Uh, Q&A with Peter Laviolette during his post-game press conference on Thursday night. It's going to be impossible to look back at the season without talking about the injuries that this team yeah. has endured all season. Is it hard not to think about what this team might have been able to do had you guys, guys like Wilson and Backstrom healthy for the yeah, whole season? I mean, I think that's, uh, I think that's obvious. Our, you know, our job on a daily basis is to coach what we have, play, play with players to play with what we have and not the, you know, the what ifs or what we don't have. And, and, um, you know, it's there was there was still opportunity. I feel like, you know, regardless of who was in the lineup in certain games where we were there, we were close, and it got away from us. And so, um, you know, it's every it's nice if you if you get that chance to be healthy year round. Obviously, it was a grind and a tough year, but um, I still felt like we had players on the ice that could be successful and win. And um, you know, we weren't able to get that done. Uh, no, you were not. Uh, there's no doubt that the Caps got hit hard by injury this season, but they do need to get younger and they do need to get better. And that process starts now. Well, the joy that is being felt by us as Commanders fans over the sale of that team is a joy that uh, Orioles fans will feel if slash when the Angelos family sells that team. Uh, until then, the O's have hovering over them an ownership situation that is not good and has needed to end for quite some time. In the meantime, uh, the O's continue to have a wild 2023 regular season, and we on Thursday afternoon had yet another wild Orioles game. An 8-7 walk-off win over the Oakland A's at Oriole Park at Camden Yards in a game in which the O's blew a 7-4 
third inning lead. These Orioles games so far have been bonkers, but the O's on Thursday afternoon, Joe Angel, once again, were in the win column. And the Orioles again in the win column. That is correct, Joe. The win column. The O's now are 7-6. and six. Yeah, the O's have a winning record. It may not always feel like the O's are playing winning baseball, but technically, the O's are playing winning baseball at 7-6. and six. The O's in this series hit like crazy, uh, got horrendous starting pitching, and yet ended up winning three of four games. Adley Rutschman, the Orioles franchise catcher, uh, he on Thursday afternoon came through with the walk-off hit, what was a walk-off home run. Uh, Rutschman, as the Orioles starting catcher and number two batter, only went one for five, but the one was a leadoff walk-off homer in the bottom of the ninth as he smashed the second pitch of a plate appearance against A's reliever Trevor May to right center field for a homer that went 405 feet per stat cast. Adley Rutschman over the four games in this series went 5 for 15 with two home runs, a double, two singles, and three walks. He now for this regular season has a batting average of 373, an on-base percentage of 467, and a slugging percentage of 627. Like I said, franchise catcher. This was O's manager, Brandon Hyde, during his post-game press conference on Thursday afternoon on Adley Rutschman, and then you'll hear a follow-up exchange. I think he likes to be up there when the game's on the line. He likes to be up there in RBI spots, and and uh, he's got a lot of confidence. How confident are you in a situation like that when he sets the play? Well, I'm just looking for him to get on base. I'm not really... I'll take a homer, but I was looking for him to take a good at bat and hopefully get something going leading off the inning and get on base for Mount Castle there. And, um, oh, but I'll take a homer. And also homering for the O's on Thursday afternoon was Ryan Mountcastle. Uh, he is the Orioles' starting DH and number three batter. Went one for four with a solo homer. Uh, Mountcastle and an Orioles four-run third, a leadoff opposite field home run to right center field despite having been down in the count at 1.02. The homer went a projected 416 feet per stat cast. Mountcastle over the four games in this series, five for 16 with four home runs and a single. Remember, he had the 12-8 win on Tuesday evening tied an Orioles single game regular season record with nine RBI. And also capping a big series was Austin Hayes. Uh, he on Thursday afternoon as the Orioles starting left fielder and number five batter, three for four with three singles. So Hayes over the four games in this series, nine for 17 with two home runs, two doubles, five singles, and a walk. Great work in this series from Adley Rutschman, Ryan Mountcastle, and Austin Hayes. But very bad work in this series from Orioles starting pitchers, not named Kyle Gibson. Gibson was good in game one of this series, the 5-1 win on Monday evening. But the Orioles' other three starting pitchers in this series did not do well, including Cole Irvin on Thursday afternoon. Uh, the O's this past January 26th announced having acquired lefty starter Cole Irvin via trade with the Oakland A's. But Irvin on Thursday afternoon was bad for a third time in as many starts in this regular season. He allowed six runs in four innings. He gave up five hits, a homer, a double, and three singles. He issued two walks and a hit by pitch. He recorded four strikeouts. Uh, the Orioles starting pitching has been brutal so far. This is concerning. And how about this? Orioles insider Rock Kabatko of MassInSports.com he on Thursday night reported that the O's are optioning Cole Irvin to AAA Norfolk. Take a listen to this. Brandon Hyde during his postgame press conference on Thursday afternoon on if he's concerned about Cole Irvin. 
Uh, I'm concerned about our pitching in general right now. I think that we got to, we got to, uh, I feel like we're going to turn the corner if we're going we're gonna to improve, um, but we, we got to get deeper in the game. Yes, you do. Uh, the Orioles' bullpen on Thursday afternoon overall did well. Uh, four Orioles relievers combined to allow one run in five innings with six strikeouts, but Austin Voth gave up yet another home run. The former national, Austin Voth, uh, he now has allowed a home run in each of his first five appearances in this regular season. Voth, last season, it was so good during his time with the O's. He has been quite bad so far in this regular season. Uh, Austin Voth on Thursday afternoon in the top of the fifth gave up a leadoff home run to Brent Rooker to left field to tie the game at seven. Rooker hit three homers over the final two games in this series. But yeah, Austin Voth so far in this regular season, five appearances, he's allowed a home run in each appearance. Uh, However, the O's on Thursday afternoon did win, and yeah, they now are seven and six. Uh, Next up for the O's, a three-game series at the Chicago White Sox. Game one, Friday night at 7-10. Tyler Wells will be the Orioles starting pitcher. Game two, Saturday afternoon at 2-10. Kyle Gibson will be the Orioles starting pitcher. And game three, Sunday afternoon at 2-10. Grayson Rodriguez will be the Orioles starting pitcher. By the way, the O's on Thursday morning designated catcher Anthony Bemboom for assignment. So they no longer have three catchers on the Major League roster. Uh, the O's later on Thursday announced that uh, Bemboom had cleared outright waivers and accepted an assignment to AAA Norfolk. And that will do it for you and me for now. Keep the feedback coming. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Monday show, episode 551. We'll have a lot for you on the commanders off the sale of the team having been agreed on, though not final, but having been agreed on. Uh, Also, Monday show, we'll have a lot for you on the rest of our Washington, D.C. area sports weekend. The Nationals this weekend have a three-game series against the Cleveland Guardians at Nationals Park. The Orioles this weekend have a three-game series at the Chicago White Sox. Have a great weekend, and I'll talk to you on Monday. Feel the spirit! This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.